What's up, YouTube? It's your boy again. Come back to another video on this channel. As always, I am the Rhino. Uh, the Packer and the Bat are busy elsewhere with personal stuff. So I'm going to be running this solo again. Uh, today we got mentor, teacher, um, a best-selling author, and one of my good friends since the day before forever, Neha Gandhi. Neha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Naran. Thank you for having me. It's awesome yeah. to be here. Yeah, I don't think I missed anything, right? No, you you got it all in one shot. It was perfect. <laughs> That's good. Um, so I'll, as you know, well, well, first, obviously, welcome to the show. Um, I'll put, be putting all of Sneha's um, stuff, social media, and all that stuff into the links down below. And if you're watching this on YouTube, and Sneha will mention her social media towards the end of this but anyways again let's get the show on the road Definitely. Um, so i know you since like forever now like, for yeah. most, of, most of our lives pretty much <laughs> so a little backstory sneha and i met in what the third grade third grade, grade. Mm-hmm. so and we're still friends to this day and we're like, still friends very good friends yeah. all the time and i am so proud of your you're the ultimate badass. You're amazing. So I'm really thank you. Thank you. All the things that you've done. Yeah. Sneha and I, I think Sneha will agree with this, but I, I, Sneha and I are no longer friends. We consider each other family. At least I consider her family. Yes. 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 So, yeah. So, anyways, let's get the, uh, let's get the show started. What have, how was your day so far? Let's start with the easy one. Uh, an easy one. My day has been amazing. It's uh, been really good. I have some projects in the works, so I am really, really excited and um, pumped to see them see them released. So I'm just kind of working on things every single day. I'm always, I always have something in um, cooking, I guess you could say. <laughs> cool. We're going to be talking about that, if you don't mind, towards sure. the end of this. Sure. Um, but let's start with the beginning. Like I know, like I said before, we know each other since the third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were a teacher and are you still teaching at all or? Uh, yeah. So I am this year, I'm a youth specialist with uh, a nonprofit in San Francisco. So I work with San Francisco Unified and I work as a mentor, as a curriculum developer, as um, an advocate for my students, for my staff. Um, I do everything under the sun that I possibly can do to make sure that my kids are safe, happy, and healthy. And I've been doing it all virtually this year, especially considering COVID. Um, right. But it's been, it's been a blast. Cool. Um, so what got you into teaching? I wanted to- I, th- I, think, I, think, I, think, I think I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna let you say You're it. Let, okay. So I- I wanted to be the person that I wish that I had more of growing up. And one of, in fact, our third grade teacher was one of the first um, because I saw myself in her. She was my one and only Indian teacher um, or one of the few. And she really believed in me when I felt like no one else did. And I wanted to be that adult for the next generation of students year after year, and even the next um, educators. I just wanted to motivate and empower um, my colleagues and my students. So that's that's what got me in teaching. I, 
I think our youth have so much potential and I just think they need the right person standing in their corner to help, um, to help give them that tough love and encouragement uh, so that they can be successful in their journey. Cool. That sounds really awesome. And I was going to say it's because of our third grade teacher and you actually answered that question. Yes. Definitely. She definitely was one of the people that planted that seed and she's, um, I know that she's very close to uh, your family as well. And she's very close to my family as well. And she's a remarkable person who has overcome so much, but she taught, um, you know, I can't speak for you, but she taught me never to let your circumstances define who you will be one day. And it's up to you to decide how the world gets to see you. It's up to you always. And, you know, this year I can definitely say it's definitely up to me and I'm changing the name of the game and I'm loving it. (laughs) Cool. Um, So like you said, we, I know we went through the same school system from (laughs) basically elementary school to end of high school. Yeah. We didn't have many Indian teachers growing up. Like we didn't have, we, we let alone, we had, very few Asian teachers go like, hey. Pretty much. Pretty much. We, when you and I went through school, um, we were, you know, I like to say that we were like the, um, the caramels or the chocolate chips within a sea of, you know, white. And um, for better or for worse, right. it was a different time. It was a different time, right? We went through a very affluent school system, but um our counterparts were for the most part Caucasian and there were very few people like us. I remember in our group alone, we own, it was, we were one of the first where we had maybe five or six Indian kids and uh, that was it. And then everyone else was one and done. It was one and the same. So I remember always feeling like I never fit in and that kind of stuck with me even growing up. So I just kind of kept to myself and um, yeah, that was, that was my experience in school. And I know that you, you eventually found your people. I eventually kind of found my people, but even to this day, I don't speak to many of our classmates from before. And I'm pretty okay with that. I'm actually living a pretty great life. Um, you know, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I think you and like literally one or two other people, that's right. it, from our graduating high school class, yeah. I actually speak to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, one person, I'm not going to say his name on the podcast, but you know right. exactly one person. Yeah, I he, he was one of my ride or dies too back when we were in high school. And yeah. even, um, and he's, he's an amazing person. And I just, yeah. I just think that that's just, that's what life is about. You find, your people. And I truly believe it's not about the quantity of people that you have in your circle. It's about the quality of people that you have in your circle. And if that happens to end up being dwindled down to one or two, then that's perfectly okay. You do not need to be beloved by the world. I'd rather be known to few and beloved to many than to not have very many people truly in my corner because I've experienced that at the expense of myself and my sanity. And I refuse to do that. You and me both. Yeah. And you know that very well. I do. I do. Um, but to to quote this, take the, a little section of uh, reminisce over you. Okay. Um, positive over negative. Sorry. That's yes. all I wanted to say. Thank you. Yeah. It's, yes. 
it's all about the positive over negative, right? It's um, making the choice to see things. That's something that my dad taught me. And um, he was always like, Sneha, it's about looking at the glass half full versus half empty. And as a kid, I definitely saw what I was lacking on a constant basis. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy, happy when this happens, when I get this, right. when I get that. But now as an adult, um, I, I see how blessed I am every single day. I have an yes. incredible family that I'm creating. I have an incredible support system and it may not be the largest anymore, but I am so much more at peace now because I'm no longer trying to please the world. I'm only trying to please myself and live for me, myself and I. And as selfish as that sounds, I'm, as I say in the book, it's about prioritizing myself. And right. that's, what I, that's what I teach others is to pro- learn to prioritize yourself and not feel guilty for it. Exactly. And we come from a community where it's, I think a lot of us over yes. them kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear that again. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. I've definitely strayed away from the collective mentality and some may have negative things to say about it, but to be honest with you, I think it's really important to not be afraid to speak your truth and to not be afraid to put yourself first, because sometimes we end up trying to please the whole world. And then at the end, we lose ourselves in our process. Exactly. Exactly. We are the ones that are left in the dust and we're just not happy, but we're living, but are we really living? No, it's not the quality of life we want or deserve. Yeah, so it's kind of like what that um what Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World said. Mm-hmm. Uh, lose your, I forgot you said, lose your friends, lose yourself. There's like the beginning part I'm forgetting right now. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, no, it's, oh, believe me, Boy Meets World, big part of my childhood too. I our love childhood. Our childhood, our childhood, our childhood, and I, I still, I think, you know what, even you know, if you want to go back there, Mr. Feeney. Oh my gosh, amazing Feeney. human being. He was phenomenal. And I think he's, um, he was the epitome of uh, what a teacher should and could be. And back then it was a lot easier to impact your students and hold them to certain standards. These days, it's definitely a lot harder. Yeah. Especially with the whole COVID shit show that's happening. Well, yeah, that, that, that's definitely another, um, another thing, but I will say having, taught virtually this year Mm -hmm. yes it is frustrating and it's maybe not it may not be perfect but I've actually found my sweet spot in it and I quite enjoy it I quite enjoy it it's not perfect it's not definitely not the same as having your students right next to you but that said if you learn how to inspire your students and if you learn how to nurture and build those relationships even through the computer screen you're winning and you're killing it and I don't know what's going to happen in the future but i will say this that if you can learn to love your kids through a computer screen and show them that you care and that you're always there for them um you know to empower them to push them and to hold them accountable even via zoom you're doing an amazing job and that's one thing and i want all the teachers to know is that if you've gotten to this point we only have a few more weeks left you can do this and no matter what whole waits for you in your future know that you've gotten through this year and there was no blueprint. It was literally thrown, thrust upon you and you were given very little to no choice and you're doing an amazing, amazing job. Right, right. And I second that because my mom has 
Sneha yeah. knows is a substitute teacher. Your mom is amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh. She... Uh, funny enough is that um I think I think you had her as a substitute teacher more than once. I've had her as a substitute teacher a couple of times. It was the most awkwardest of the of uh yeah, because you're her son. I mean, and you you know, my mom worked, I don't know if you remember my my mom also worked um at our school and it was it's different for yeah. for the child. It's different when your parent is like could pop up at any moment or could just have an impromptu meeting with your teachers. And um, it's especially for students like you and I, where uh, you know we we struggled a little bit. Yeah. And um, and our parents, our parents were frustrated with us. We were frustrated with us, and it was a whole cycle and circle and mess yeah. of things. But um, I get we it. Got we got through it. You know what? We got through it. And I, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I don't regret it because now looking at the person that I am today and the life that I've built based on those experiences, I wouldn't trade them for the world. You and me both. But yeah. Um, so moving on to your, more of your mentorship role. Okay. I know you mentioned that a couple of times sure. so far, and I've obviously mentioned that during the intro. Mm-hmm. How would you get into being a mentor? Well, I, you know, you mentioned my work in the classroom and yes, I do being in the classroom. Right. But Mm -hmm. uh, I also believe it's really important to mentor our kids from outside the classroom, our staff from outside the classroom. So I, I work as a mentor for women, for students and uh, for teachers and just a be their support system. And I tell them, you know, channel your inner superhero and learn to save yourself and learn to create the path that works best for you, not best for everyone else. And I really feel like we all, no matter what phase of life we're in, we all deserve to hear that. We all deserve to hear that we matter. We all deserve to feel empowered. And I, I enjoy mentorship because I truly enjoy making other people happy. I truly enjoy motivating them to find their happy place in life, whether it's through um, academia, whether it's through their career, you know, their professional lives, or even their personal lives. We all need someone to help us see through the fog of what we have created because sometimes we're just stuck and we just need someone to help us piece ourselves back together or help us realize our dreams again because i think as kids we we all have dreams we all have things that we wanted to do and some of us are doing it and that's amazing for them and some of us had those dreams and we call them childhood dreams because they're no longer what we're doing on a day-to-day basis as an adult because it was we were told that it wasn't practical. So I enjoy being a mentor. Right. And I, I want to tell people, you know what, maybe it's not practical, but let's find a way to make it work for us. You know, like for, in my case, um, I wanted to be a vet and I also wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to help people and just make them happy. Um, I realized very quickly that I couldn't do surgery. So that was off the table for me. But I do enjoy working with animals on an emotional capacity uh, right. or an emotional basis. So I ended up adopting, you know, with my now husband, adopting and fostering um, our two cats. And we've also fostered other kittens and 
done that. And we joke about one day having a farm and maybe even giving back to the community a little bit more because we just love animals that much. But that's our way of contributing and, uh, you know, and bringing that to the table. And then, of course, my professional career, I work as a mentor, as an advocate, um, as a trainer, um, as a youth specialist. Everything is under the umbrella of education. And I always call myself an educator because I don't believe I belong just in the classroom, but I would rather work within the system to make it better. I would rather work within the system to help motivate and support and educate our teachers and make sure that they feel like they are supported. And that's one thing that teachers this year, especially, and for many years, even before COVID, we all felt like we did not get the support that we deserved. Instead, we're getting bogged down with more students, with more needs, with more um, make magic out of nothing and uh, more salary cuts. And it's just, the list is endless. And this is why going into next, the upcoming school year, it's pretty tragic that we are, um, we're, we're expecting a very, very big teacher shortage. And I, I gotta say between you and me, I don't blame them. I do not blame them because the, the system is not designed for us to succeed and to feel good doing it. We're expected to sacrifice ourselves, our, our mental health, our uh, emotional health, our physical health just our overall well-being for the sake of the child. And I'm not saying I don't love my kids. I love my students and I always call them my kids, but I have since decided that I also come first and I'm a priority and I want the system to care about me. And if the system isn't going to care about me, I have to care about me. So this is how I have kind of transitioned into this mentorship advocate role as a holistic women and youth coach, because I really want to make sure that I get to continue to do the work that's important to me without sacrificing my overall well-being. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. I know this has been in the debate for in the government in our government, the US government for a while now. Right, right. Do you and I I'm in full support of this uh, you know, yeah. or debate. And I think you will be too, but I don't want to yeah. influence you. No, go for it. The debate is should teachers get paid more. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't understand why it's a discussion. Um, yeah, absolutely. Teachers should be paid more. We should be paid what we, um, what we're worth. Because if you think about it, teachers, we are at the front lines. We are with kids when they enter the system. We are those, those wonderful superheroes that are inspiring the students to pursue incredible degrees. We are the people who work with the kids before they even go out into the workforce, whether they go out and become engineers, doctors, lawyers, social media experts, whatever it is, we are the first people that meet those little hopeful faces. So yes, absolutely, we deserve so much more. Pay is only one of the things that we deserve more of. And I I agree, I believe we are very, very underpaid and, I, I wish that we could go back to before when teachers were truly valued as, as a noble career. And we say that it's noble and we say a lot of things, but as, as we both know, uh, one of the memes that's been going around lately and has been going around for quite some time is uh, if your job has an appreciation week, you're not being paid enough. Yeah. And that's something that we have like every... Um, every year and in a number of sectors, not just in education, but, uh, you know, speaking to education for teachers, we have an appreciation week every, every year. And that's great. And that's sweet, but I don't want dessert. I don't want any of that. I just want my kids to learn and thrive 
but I could use a nice salary. And I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking for everyone. Every single, every teacher. single teacher. Yeah. Every single teacher who is dedicated to their work, who has sacrificed and who's committed and who's gone back to school to get a master's degree just to teach deserves <laughs> to be yeah. celebrated for it. I just don't, um, I just don't understand why we have to go into debt uh, for, for a system that just does not seem to love us back. Exactly. And, that's that's what's really frustrating and it's pretty yeah. angering to be honest yeah, and like I, again this is like i again i've the one who said when teachers become like teach the future generation of engineers and everything oh, i raise my right. hand because yeah. like, this is b our third grade teacher yes took us to the, remember the tech museum we, i do i do that's, that's literally one of the reasons why i became a mechanical engineer now like yeah. So I was thinking, like, without that field trip or one one of those field trips being there, I don't think I would have become an engineer, or at least I wouldn't have become a mechanical engineer. I mean, like, it's again for me, like, as you know, I played sports most of my life. I'm doing martial arts now. My my thing is this: I don't understand why teachers and uh, let me put it this way: I don't understand why educators as a whole mm-hmm. get paid under a hundred k a year. Right when athletes and mm-hmm. other like mm-hmm. i don't want to say bullshit careers but lack of a better word bullshit careers get paid right, millions of dollars. Right, so i'm right. just like what <laughs> like right. again nothing against athletes or no no no, no absolutely not like mm-hmm. i mean in order to become a the nfl starting quarterback you have to you went you have to learn how to play football with uh-huh. teachers uh-huh. in order to become the next kobe bryant you have to right learn how to play basketball which is teachers right and if you want to become the next uh logan paul or one of these like big youtubers i was going to say uh-huh. great YouTubers, but big youtubers right. you have to go through like you have to learn how to shoot a camera film exactly. editing all this stuff which is teachers mm-hmm. so i was like yeah. what is going on in this world right, right? so mind-blowing yeah. so mind-blowing yeah. um yeah it's uh it's something that uh you know when i was in undergrad it was basically I mean I don't need to go into the theory behind it but it's basically what our society places emphasis and value on is what we as a society invest in and that's what we've done we have created and by we I mean a collective we right not you or I but we have invested in a system that places more value on athletes you know the athletic departments all of those things and things like the arts education and the basic core subjects just don't really matter right and it is mind-boggling it is not okay it is not appropriate but unfortunately the system is designed to place those individuals and those group those groups on a higher status on a higher level we look at them like they're celebrities and that's great and i'm not saying let's take away from that but i'm also saying why can't education be on the same tier? Yeah. Why can't educators be on the same tier? They should be superheroes. They should be celebrities. They should, if a teacher walks into a room, it shouldn't be, um, you know, like one thing that I get, and I know that my colleagues get as well, is like, oh, that's so sweet. Bless your little heart. You, you work with the kids. Oh my gosh, I just couldn't do it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I feel like they're trying to give me a compliment, but I feel like they're really... <laughs> It's more of a backhanded compliment. It's more of a backhanded compliment. Exactly. And I'm just like, you know, I would have rather that you just kept that to yourself and told me that I'm doing a wonderful job or just don't say anything at all. 
So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm completely with you. I think the system does need to be redesigned in so many ways. And I think, as you mentioned, this year, COVID has been crazy, but it's been illuminating, right? Because Mm -hmm. all of these things that have been an issue for so many years have suddenly been brought to the front lines. And now going forward, more and more people are bringing their aggression to the front lines saying, this needs to change and this can no longer be the normal. We can no longer accept that we live in a white man's world. We can no longer accept that we live in an, in an equitable, and I say equitable with quotes because it really is not. Um, You know, we need to live in a world where everyone has a fair shot. You know, Mm -hmm. one's ethnicity, one's heritage should not even be brought into the equation. I mean, why does it matter what you look like on the inside? If you can do the, if you can do the darn job. it really should not matter and again that goes way back to the teachers who inspired them who taught them who helped them get through those moments of um of doubt right because we as kids when you're growing up we all have moments when you're teenagers young children and you know what have you where we just say i don't think i can do this i don't think i was meant to do this i know that i did i know that i did that you did right and there were people in our corner who said you know what snap out of it i will be here for you and i had those people in my corner you had those people in your corner and some of those people were teachers and we owe them everything we we owe them the world and you know to say thank you for being there for me thank you for hearing me out but also telling me that i'm crazy and i need to keep going because that's what we need and we need to invest in these celebrities. These are the celebrities in my life. And I know they're the celebrities in your life as well. And um, honestly, I, I hope to live in a world one day where the system changes, where the educators are also seen as celebrities, not just by you or I, but as the greater collective society in America, right? We're talking about the US and I really hope so. I'm hopeful. I am hopeful, but I'm also realistic. And I think it might take longer than we would like, but- right. You know, hope is better than that. And going back to what you said earlier, like I know, like I I work in as a mechanical engineer for a big or one of the bigger construction companies here in the Bay Area. I I don't have permission to say the name, so I'm not going to. Yeah. And I've noticed, and when I was at my previous job site, I saw people. I know I heard people talking about how they get paid. I should you not. Yeah. Eighty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Just to do hard labor and like I understand you pay to get paid a little bit more because you're putting your body through hell and a half at a minimum right. doing right all that stuff. And I'm the I'm over here is like I'm gonna I have a degree in mechanical engineering and I get paid less than this guy who doesn't have any education. I, I again when I say education, I mean like doesn't have a college degree education. Right, right. That. You you feel like, you know, you put in the time and the effort. How come it's yeah. not equivalent? Or at least how come you are not being rewarded as such as well? Yes. I, I hear you. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of, a lot of people are saying, especially in the Asian culture, and I use, right. I feel, I, you can kind of see where I'm going with this. It's yeah. like, you have to go to college. You have to do X, Y, Z. Right, like, right, right. But do you really, every, yeah. Not everybody needs to go to college. Like, no. No, no, okay. I, yeah, no, go, go ahead. Like, for example, like, if you want to become an author, like some people did in out of the two of us, right. not saying any names, but uh, we'll get to that eventually. Right, right, right. You don't need to go to college and waste thousands upon thousands of dollars for a writing degree, in my yes. opinion. No, no. You just need right. to put pen to paper, write whatever you need to write, and then obviously the first job is going to be 
crap. And then the final eventually start improving that to yeah. like, hey, yeah, I want to get this shit published. I mean, right. Again, nothing against the creative writing majors, but you guys had it easy in college. Just say it. Oh, oh, I, I, I think I, I'm definitely with you. I see your point. I think it's, um, I think one thing that I push with my students is a four-year degree is not meant for everyone, but you do need something. You need something to say that you are the expert in your field, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. If you're a tattoo artist, I don't care if you're a mixologist. I don't care if you. Or, or an engineer player, or, or an engineer whatever it is I want you to own your talent and show it to the world you need to have a piece of paper that says hey I went through this time I'm amazing I have this skill set to match this piece of paper please hire me absolutely right. I don't think that everyone needs to go to a four-year degree because not everyone has the mental bandwidth or the desire to do it if you don't have that simple desire right. it is a complete waste of money and time because not everyone needs that. But I do think that if you are considered a minority in one capacity or another, I do strongly encourage you to at least get a backup college degree and you should pursue your dreams no matter what. You right. should pursue your dreams no matter what. But I do think that you should get some sort of degree so that if your dream ever takes a backseat or a lull moment, you always have something to fall back on because you always want the world to be able to employ you in one capacity or another. You always right. want to be employable because one thing that I've noticed is that as time has gone on and they're saying this even now is that a high school degree just does not cut it anymore. That's so basic. That's elementary. That's like saying, well, great, right. It's like at this point, if you want to be taken seriously, you at least need a bachelor's and yeah. Then if you don't want to get a master's degree or a PhD, get some certificates to pile on to that to show that, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I know my yeah. stuff. And it sucks, but you have to be in the mindset in today's world to keep being willing um, or to be willing to constantly invest in yourself or reinvest in yourself time and time again, right? And to go with the changes, right? And this, in today's era, no, absolutely not. You do not have to be in college forever get a BA or get some sort of degree and then keep, um, you know, go to school, go to a trade school, go to get a certificate, get something to add on to whatever it is that you're going to do so right. that you can continue to stay relevant and with the times. Otherwise one day someone's going to come to you and say, Hey, you've been amazing, but I have this other person that can do these things and this is their documentation. So for my bottom line, they work better for me. Right. And plus if there's a huge age gap, I don't, I don't mean to be an ageist or whatever the right no, word no. verbiage is, but right, right. Here yeah. we are. You know, here, here we are, and I think that's something that that's another discussion in itself, right? It's like we right. have, um, you know, we I have family members who have the skills, and one thing that that is going around these days is like they if you're fresh out of college, they want someone that has five years of experience, if not more, and all these things, but you're supposed to be fresh out of college. But then on the other end of things, if you have that and more, you're overqualified and they're, you're, and you, you commit to them. I will do the job. I will be happy. I will be fantastic. I'll be a dedicated employee and you don't have to worry about a thing, but instead of investing in you, they'll say, you know, they're too overqualified. They're going to want something else. I'm not going to do it. And they won't yeah. take the risk because they feel like you're bringing too much to the table and it's too much for them to handle or get their, or have their egos 
or wrap their egos around it, so to speak. Yeah. So it's um it's a double-edged sword and you really can't win, but uh, everyone deserves to find their sweet spot and really everyone should just keep at it. Yeah, I saw this meme on Facebook um, that you were saying like that um, it says required degree, PhD, hourly wage, 1525 oh, hours. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know. I know, I have worked in jobs like that where I'm like, wait, say what? Yeah. I have these qualifications and this person is getting paid what? And that's why, you know, one, one thing that I'll, I don't know how you feel about this, but one thing that we as women, especially, and I'm saying women because as a woman, I can only speak for my, um, my gender, but I really feel like this whole, keep your salary to yourself. That needs to be changed because mm-hmm. it's, it's a way for your employer to trap you in your position and your pay and you're this and you're that, because they say, you know, don't share it with anybody. but really we should all be more transparent about how much everyone's getting paid because some of us do deserve more based on our qualifications and some of us may not deserve as much as we're getting based on our qualifications and um and we should be talking about it and we should be having those conversations and we should no longer be letting people um manipulate us so that we're living in fear of oh my gosh yeah. we don't want you to know how much i'm making it's like well you know what maybe we should have this discussion and maybe yeah. take it to the boss and have a bigger discussion and that's yeah. what really happens right so yeah and i even heard um i don't know if you watch shark tank but kevin o'leary yeah. from shark tank even yeah. said that uh, a salary is a drug to for, for from employers to keep to uh give up on your dreams or something like that oh yeah so i'm just kind of like why the hell did I think of this earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right with this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a way to control you. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that if you, I have nothing against the nine to five, right? Or supposedly yeah. nine to five. Um, you know, I participated in, participated it in myself or in it in myself, but. Um, I'm still doing it. And, you know, you're still doing it. And I, and I am doing it right now. Right. Uh, what I will say is that going forward, I have decided that no matter what I do, everything is going to work together in a cohesive way. I'm no longer going to pick one thing over the other. And by that, I mean, I'm no longer going to pick my nine to five and sacrifice my business. Because right. this year, I have truly amped up my business. I am pursuing it I actively. I am working on projects. I'm selling um, products such as my book. And I okay, am loving every single minute of it. I right. am not, no regrets. And I am so, so, so glad that I took the risk despite what everyone told me. Oh, you know, you should really focus on ha- being realistic. The nine to five that's going to pay your bills, your insurance and all of that. And let me tell you what, I have everything covered, but I am happy. Yeah. And my happiness is worth every penny that I made in the past at the expense of trying to fit myself in a box. And of course, at the expense of, um, you know, Sneha not being herself. And I, I really do feel like I, I rose from the dead. I was resurrected last year um, when COVID happened because I was forced to really take a hard look at myself and go look at the choices that you made and look at where it brought you. And where are you going to go from here? And it was scary. It was hard. I hated it. I was mad at myself. I was mad at other people. And then I had to look at myself and I said, you know what? Take responsibility for yourself, learn from your actions and be your own superhero. Prioritize yourself. Again, I talk right. about this in the book all the time because 
really, yes, we can blame other people and sure other people help, but you at the end of the day are the ones that make the executive decisions, you know, decisions about your life. No one else can force you to do anything. They can pressure right. you, but they can't take your hand and say, make this choice. Right. right? That's on you. And that's oh. something I have to accept. Right. So now that you mentioned your, your book and was it your company, what yeah. is your company? Let's start with your company. That's, I think that's a little bit easier of the two. Sure. Um, wh- what company do you run? Let's- so I, my company, I am the CEO and founder of Empower You. And mm-hmm. at Empower You, it's uh, just like the namesake. I empower others. I motivate others. I call myself, I'm a holistic, well, women and youth coach. So okay. I work with women to help them find their their dream path, their dream life. And I help them carve that out mm-hmm. from whatever it is that they've been working with. And if they don't have it there, then I help them piece it together, whether it's in their career, whether it's in their personal life, whether it's in their professional life, right? Which is again, their career, uh, but, um, or even academia, if they need to go back to school, they need to get a certification, whatever it is. We as women tend to sacrifice ourselves at the expense of the world because we are told from a very young age not to make waves and to serve others and to always, you know, smile and wave basically and um, make Sorry. a nice Sorry, and, was, the, the When you said smile and wave, the first thing that popped in my mind was the penguins from Madagascar. Smile okay. and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Okay, right? But really, really, a successful woman today can do so much more. And yeah, they've always been able to do it, but we have allowed the world to tell us and brainwash us into thinking, you know what, we can't. And we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to. And that's not our job. That's not our duty. But if we one by one start to change that narrative, imagine what the world would look like. Right. Imagine Mm -hmm. women leaders that we have today. In fact, um, you know, no matter how you feel about the the current presidential administration, I personally am in favor of it. But um, at the last uh, big speech, uh, current president Biden, he said, this is the first time that I have two women standing behind me. And, I think that's, a, uh, I that's like the first time in history, too. If I'm that mistaken. is the first time in history. And that yeah. is a very, very, very big moment. And that yeah. is something that should not be taken lightly because women are rising up and we will rise up more and more when we see more of ourselves out in society. So we need to get over our fears and we need to just get up there and do it. And that's that's where I come in because I tell women, I know you're scared. I know it's not easy. I know your family or someone told you you shouldn't, but that's exactly why you should. Right. Because people told me that I I, I shouldn't. And until recently, um, I had people within my very intimate circle. They were like, "Oh my gosh, you really were telling the truth. You really wrote a book. Oh my gosh, yes. you really have a company. Oh my gosh, like." And I I was like, "Yeah, I, that's what I told you I was working on." And people just and I know that they brushed it off, like, "Oh, that's a really cute thing that you're doing on the side." But I invested in it and I invested in myself. And you know what? The person who never once doubted me, my, my spouse, you know, my husband, he's amazing. And he, he was always like, Hey, if you're going to do it, do it. I support you. And everyone else was like, Oh, that's, that's great. And I understand why, because most people, they have an idea, they half-ass it and they don't complete it. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what I did. So yes, I work with women to help them in channel and embrace their inner super women or their inner superhero. And I do the same thing with our kids. 
I always tell them, hey, if you want to do five or six things, do them well. Make a plan. Tackle them one thing at a time. There's nothing that you cannot do if you believe that you really want to, but you have to plan it out and go for it. Cool. And make sure that at the end of the day, as long as you can pay your bills, I have nothing against your dreams. That's one thing that I do tell my students is you may want to be a YouTube star. You may want to do all of these things, but guess what? You do need some sort of degree. You need some sort of certification. And then on top of that, get your experience. If you want to be a comic, do it on the weekends, get your, get yourself out there, you market yourself and make sure that people know your name one day. And in addition to that, go to school during the week, figure it out, but make it happen. And don't worry about being busy. This is a time where we shouldn't sacrifice. Um, you know, we shouldn't sacrifice our happiness for the world, right? Because the world exactly. is not going to sacrifice their happiness for you. So why would you do it for them? So I think, um, yeah, it's a message that I bring to both my students and um, my female clients. And uh, it, I think it's a message that can be applicable to anyone and everyone that um, pick your dream, even if you have more than one, and just go for it one at a time. And if people tell you that they don't believe in it, keep going. JK, JK Rowling, right? Harry Potter author. Um, she was a horror story author. And um, she, she used to uh, write really scary stories. And then one day she had the idea of Harry Potter, right? She was a single mom. She was doing it on her own. And so many people told her no. And then one person told her yes. And all it takes is one. And, you know, when I think about, when I think about Michelle Obama, when I think about Kamala Harris, when I think about um, Stacey Abrams um, and countless others, think, I always tell women, think about the people in your circle who didn't give a hoot about what other people said. You, you can swear on this channel if you want to stay huh? I know you wanted to say something else. Well, you know, they didn't, they didn't give a, you know, they didn't give a, a, a flying fuck, right? They didn't, they really didn't there care. There it is, there it is. And they, they did what they had to do to make their dreams happen. And mm -hmm. that's something that I do on a daily basis because I just don't care. I just don't care who has a kind little word of advice to offer me at this point because what I think of myself is what matters most. And I think I'm pretty amazing. I think that I am a best-selling author, you know, co-author of a book with amazing, phenomenal ladies. And this is all just before I turn, literally just before I turn 29. I have my master's degree. I am married. I am a mom to two cats. I have my career. It's it's full, blooming, blossoming, and moving really fast. And I love every single minute of it. And I have done it. I've done it for myself and I've done it on my own. But when I say that I've done it on my own, I have done it with the help of a tribe that believed in me. I've right. done it with the help of a partner who believed in me and never told me I couldn't, you know, and I've done the same for him. And for all the other people that said, no, I couldn't, or no, you should do this instead, or this or that, I have learned that their opinions no longer matter to me. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I love making other people happy, but really, 
what I think of myself. And if I can sleep at night at the end of the day, that's what matters most. It's not what all those other people think because they're not paying my bills. They are not putting any money into my paycheck. Everyone can have an opinion. I've had people tell me, hey, why don't you just focus on women? Why don't you just focus on kids? I'm like, you know, because I don't want to. And I don't really care what you think. Yeah, my former boss um, said, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. Yeah, um, my my husband says something similar, and yeah. uh, it always gives me laughs. But it's very, very true, right? It's right. Uh, we have to learn, and he's so good at it. He is so good at turning people, tuning people out. He's been amazing since he was a kid. He just smiles, nods, um, gets a little worked up, and then he just moves on. He's like, eh, whatever. What's for dinner, you know? Yeah. And um, and it's because he just doesn't care. He cares most about what he thinks of himself or, you know, what I think of himself, but right. or him, but he just does not care. And he's very confident in who he is. And that's an attitude that we all have to adopt. Right. right. And that's an attitude that um, my female clients especially have to adopt my students as well, because we're all, if we want to, if, whether we want to admit it or not, are all people pleasers, even just a little bit. Yeah. And we have to be willing and more willing to, work to please ourselves than the people that just don't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That makes total sense. So now moving on to your book, okay. um, what made you want to, first of all, what made you want to write a book? Because not everyone wakes up and says, Hey, I want to be, I'm going to write a book today. Right. Hey, no, not, not many people say that. No, no. Um, Uh, Well, this was a project that was kind of just by an amazing um, little group of moments, right? Just by happenstance, um, one of my now very good friends, um, you know, Tam Luck, she she basically, she pieced this project together and she and I had been talking about it for a while and she got all these other women of color and she said you know your stories matter let's talk about it and let's show the world what you're made of and you know we call it women international um you know women who boss up uh you know women of color because we're all people of color we have a array of women all across the globe who are represented in this book who are all people of color in one way or another. And we all have an incredible story to tell. We are all entrepreneurs. We've all built ourselves up and um, we're all doing incredible, incredible things. And my chapter is of course one of them, but there are 16 others. And in each story, there's a nugget of gold. And truly I encourage people to, to get a hold of that book. And yes, we have Kindle versions available, but if you want the hard copy, feel free to reach out to me directly and I will personally um, give one to you with a gift bag as well. Um, it's show an off. amazing, amazing book. Sorry. I said show off. Show off. No, no, I'm kidding, no. I'm kidding. it's really, no, I mean, and I, I hear you and it's not really, you know, book drop, right? But right. It, it's more of something that I think would be, it's an incredible gift for women and children everywhere, because I think the world needs to see more women 
following their truth, speaking their truth and not caring and realizing that their story, their work, their worth matters. And for Mm -hmm. once in our lives, we deserve to do this. And to be honest, this is going to be the first project of many that I'm currently working on. And I, I could not be in more awe of, of myself and my fellow ladies, because I think we've done an incredible thing. And as I've been saying, and uh, the other ladies as well, this is just the beginning. And to uh, quote Tupac, my players, my, my adversaries be player hating. Pretty much, pretty much. And you know, and I, I have some of those and uh, we all have some people who, um, who have said things and who've made us feel inferior for whatever reasons, which are completely on them. And I've learned to tune those out. I've learned to realize, you know what? That's their pain. That's their story. That's their experience, but it does not have to be mine. And I used to allow it to impact the way that I go about my day, but really I don't anymore. Now I think about the people that are willing to celebrate me. Now I think about the people that are in my corner. And now I think about myself because I'm in my corner and I know that I can do it. And I know that this is absolutely the first step of many. This is just the beginning. And I'm pretty excited and I hope you all are too, to see what else I bring to the table. Right, that makes sense. Um, So I guess, I mean, over the course of this past hour that we've been recording this, uh, you answered all my questions, funny enough. Awesome. Yeah. I've so, done great time. Yeah. So one last question is where do people where can people find you? So people can find me at empower you underscore agency. That is my Instagram. Right. right. So again, that's at empower you underscore agency, which is going to be uh, right underneath this video. Uh ariseu.com, my website, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook, Sneha Gandhi White. And my LinkedIn, Sneha Gandhi. So you can reach me um, at all of these uh, spaces. Um, Instagram is definitely a great one. Facebook, LinkedIn, um, my website. And just shoot me a DM. I'm always happy to chat. I am available for uh, speaking of events just like this, even just to have a really casual conversation like I did with my with my brother here. And, um, every, and I'm just... I'm just here to speak my truth. I'm just looking for great mm-hmm. conversations and um, I hope you all are too. Cool. Um, like, like Sneha, all of our links will be uh, in the description box down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, if you're listening to this wherever podcasts are sold, I would highly suggest um, finding the YouTube channel at Rhino and the Bat Podcasts on YouTube. Um, and then you can find her links down below as I mentioned before. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming on the Snow Sneha show, Sneha. Um, as always, have a good one. See you in the next episode. Peace.